0: Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension beef educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Preparing for Cattle Transport Saves Time, Money, and Stress. This article was written by Jesse Fulton, who's a Nebraska Extension educator and also the director of the Beef Quality Assurance Program in the state. To discuss today's topic and the content of the article, I'm joined today by Dr. Lily Edwards-Calloway, who's an Associate Professor of Livestock Behavior and Animal Welfare at Colorado State University. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Before we talk about today's topic, share with us a little more about yourself, your background, and your current role there now at Colorado State.
1: Yeah, so I have a little bit of a different background. I mean, it's not so different anymore, but um, I'm originally from the Northeast. I didn't grow up around agriculture at all. Uh, I, you know, had a liberal arts undergrad degree, thought I was going to be a doctor, decided I hated physics. So did a few things to kind of figure out what I really wanted to do. Um, I got a master's in animal science, but I actually focused on behavior and welfare of zoo species, which a lot of these things can be applied across different animal types, but I I really didn't have a lot of experience um, in agriculture at all. And uh, one day I was suggested to me to read a book by Temple Grandin, and I did. And then I ended up being able to come out to Colorado State and work with her for my PhD. So I was about 26. I'd never seen a feedlot, never seen a a sow operation, never been to a slaughter plant. Um, And then kind of since that point on, I I did a lot of those things. My area of focus really has been slaughter animal welfare. Um, I was on faculty at Kansas State for a little bit, And then I oversaw the welfare programs for the plants at JBS for a little bit as well. And now I'm on faculty at Colorado State University. And so what that means for my job, um, I do research, I teach, and I do outreach. And so I teach in the space of animal welfare and um, animal behavior. So we have a couple of courses at CSU that we've added, which I think, you know, across the nation, that's a a newer thing um, in a lot of the land grant institutions, Um, but those numbers are increasing um, of what those courses are, and students are really interested in this area. And then my research focus, I've kind of changed it to say end of life decision making um, because I do some work with on farm euthanasia on different kind of livestock operations, and then really the majority of what I do is looking at that kind of end of life decision that would be going to slaughter. So that marketing process from when they get on the truck to when they arrive at the plant and how we can improve that for the animals. And then, you know, a lot of that improvement also improves meat quality.
0: I think for many of the people who are listening to the podcast, they understand the importance of the whole production supply chain from the time that animals actually conceived all the way through till harvest. And that any point in time in that supply chain, if things get broken or messed up, it has an impact on down the line. And so really the work you're doing, I think is really important Uh, to the industry, to the well-being of the animals. As we think about how do we get those animals from that point where they're ready to go to harvest and do that in a way that actually preserves the quality of all the work that's done prior to that.
1: Yeah. And I think I've been pretty lucky in this space too, because I think it's one of the areas of animal welfare that we probably have an easier um, ability to kind of quantify from an economic standpoint, some of the repercussions of maybe negative animal welfare events. And so I think sometimes that, that really helps paint a picture and, and really show what you just said, show that impact um, for the whole supply chain.
0: So let's talk a little bit about just some things in terms of preparing animals to get on a truck, when they're on the truck, when they arrive at that destination, things that we can do from a management perspective to best prepare that animal, best preserve the quality that we've done all the work for prior to that time.
1: Yeah, so I think um, I think sometimes, uh, and, and I think it depends on when animals being transported within the supply chain, you know, how much someone's going to think about this. But I think sometimes we are like, oh, it's time to transport the animal and we're going to get them on the truck. And then we kind of forget about what the animal is going to have to do once it gets on that truck, right? And so I think, you know, maybe not in all scenarios. I, I think a lot of times that's really important in in cull cows um, because it's not necessarily the main function of what they were in the production system for, um, but I think understanding what that journey is going to look like for the animal can kind of help us prepare the animal for that journey. So you know, it, the animal goes on a truck. It's a it's a different microclimate. It's with other animals in a fairly confined space or a confined space. Um, you know, depending on the on the type of animal, uh, it depends on how many animals are going to be in that truck. I think generally animals don't necessarily get mixed into other groups, but in some scenarios they might. And so I think that's a consideration. I think thinking about the condition of the animals, so one, are they even fit to get on the truck and endure that journey? But also, you know, does the condition of that animal, should it be segregated from another animal just due to kind of maybe some compromised uh, condition it might have? Uh, And then I think if we think environmental factors, there's obviously Um, different things within the environment, the weather, the climate, the times of year uh, that are going to impact maybe better times of day to transport animals than others. And I know that's a challenge to sometimes manipulate logistically, but I I do think it's a consideration.
0: Talk a little bit about before the animal actually gets on the truck, are there some things we can do to best prepare that animal physiologically to make that trip?
1: Yeah, so I I think one thing is it's Condition. So, if it's not in good condition, um, and I can talk a little bit more about that if we want, it it shouldn't even get on the truck to make that journey, right? So, if an animal is compromised or not fit for transport, I think physiologically it has some things going on that it shouldn't be getting on that truck. I think if we look outside of that, so an animal that you know is is totally ready to go, fit for transport, I think it's really important to um, provide them with water uh, before they get on that truck. So, I think you know. Depending on the facility, there may not be um, the holding pens prior to transport. They might be in there for a long time. Um, If it's hot, they might not be shaded. They might not have access to water. And so I think really making sure that's available and that animal is prepared to get on that truck is important. So I think feed, you know, animals can go without feed for longer than that. So I think water is really the priority. Um, I think not having them be uh highly stressed before they get on the truck is important. So you know, depending on if there's any processing that's going on before transport, if they're being weighed, um, if they're moving from their home pen to a holding pen, I think really making sure we practice low stress animal handling, which we should be doing anyway. Um, but it is important so that animals in kind of a, um, a calm, rested condition to get on the truck. And so I think those are some, some key points.
0: Let's think about putting animals on the truck. And obviously, we see wide ranges in terms of animal size that are being transported, things like that. What are some key things to think through and understand as we're actually putting those animals on the truck, spacing, crowding, mixing of different, uh, maybe unknown Mm -hmm. animals? What are some things to be aware with that?
1: Yeah, so there are some space recommendations um, for, you know, space allowance for cattle on trucks based on their weight. Um, I think some of the original kind of data that we looked at for that, um, it's housed in the FAST guide, which actually is the guide for that the the care and use of animals, uh, livestock animals and agricultural teaching. Uh, But that is kind of where a lot of that, that is the one little table, but a lot of research went into making that table. And so that's been referenced a lot, even in the beef quality assurance transportation, that's where a lot of that comes from. Um, I think there could be some updates because I think generally cattle have gotten a lot bigger, at least when we're, you know, taking them to slaughter in the, in the truck. So there are guidelines for that. Um, I think We all know that a lot of that is dictated by kind of efficiency of transport, um, allowable weight limits on, you know, different state highways and roads and interstates. And so I think it's a balance of that with animal welfare. Um, I think in certain weather conditions, um, space allocation becomes pretty important as well. um, Because if we think about, you know, that trailer has its own microclimate. And I think generally it's hotter in there, uh, even when it's cold outside, right? Uh, And so when it's hot outside, um, I think we're really Kind of changing that environmental condition for the animal. So I think it's important to think about um, the weather when we're thinking about stocking density on trucks. Uh, I think in terms of, you know, mixing animals, generally when we mix animals, um, they're going to, you know, they're interacting with a new social group and there there could be negative um, interactions between those those animals. Um, and so I think mixing isn't generally um, something that we, we like to do because it, it is an added stressor to that process. And I think if we're thinking, you know, feedlot cattle going to the slaughter plant, generally there's not going to be mixing because they they come with their home pen and get on multiple trucks. If we think more cold cows purchased at a sale barn, um, there might be some mixing with those animals because they're kind of purchased individually or in small groups and then mixed into a truckload to be sent. Um, so I think just paying attention um, to that type of thing is is critical as well. And then, you know, if we transport we, we don't transport unfit animals, but if there's one that, you know, might just be a little bit slower um, than others in the group or, um, you know, I don't know, it could be smaller, a small female with bulls. Um, that should be separated um, and segregated in a separate compartment, uh, maybe at the back uh, and not mixed um, with animals that aren't compatible.
0: Once the truck arrives at its destination and the animals are being unloaded, put it into pens, getting ready to Uh, in this case, your work has been towards harvest. What are some things to think about in terms of receiving those animals off the truck, uh, placing them in a pen and and getting them ready for the next stage, whatever's coming?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And one I don't think we always think about because it's, you know, out of sight, out of mind a little bit, but um, once they get to the plant, I think unloading generally is um, one of the easier parts of that journey, right? I mean, it's animals come off the truck generally pretty well um, especially cattle and so i think you know just just low stress handling i think sometimes less is more when cattle are unloading Um, a lot of plants no one is allowed to use the prod during unloading i think generally you don't need it but an electric prod um generally that's prohibited so i think that kind of is testament to the ability for us to move animals without that um, because of just the nature of coming off a truck Um, but it's important, you know, from a facility design to really look at the unloading docks, make sure there's no opportunity for slipping or falling. Um, and that's actually regulated, um, federally federally regulated at the plant as well. So part of the Humane Slaughter Act does talk about, um, it talks about handling animals throughout the system, but it, you know, it talks about unloading, handling Um, also facilities, um, need to be in good repair. So there's no possible injury to animals. So that, that is all inspected, um, at the plant level to make sure, you know, we're doing a good job, um, having those animals come off the truck and then they're moved generally to a holding pen, um, with their cohort. So the plant doesn't mix animals either. They keep them with the lot that they arrived in. That could be a truckload. It could be nine truckloads, kind of depending on. The type of plant, um, the type of lot that came in, the size of the holding pens, but they'll stay with their, with a cohort um, together during you know lairage time, which is variable, and then eventually they'll you know they'll be moved up to the to the stunning area.
0: Some of the things you've talked about that occur at a plant, I think, are good principles for producers as well for animals that are just being transported to another location. Uh, you know what's happening when those cattle get off the truck? Do they have an unloading chute that is safe, reduces slippage? uh, you know, the process of unloading, make sure that the facilities are in good shape, that there's not a place for that animal could easily be injured. Those are principles that apply whether they're going to harvest or going to another stage in the production chain.
1: Yeah. And the other thing, which I didn't say, which, but you made me think of when you, when you kind of shared that, uh, water. So holding pens at the plant are required to have water. And so I think when animals, you know, get off a truck from transport, um, sometimes those journeys are are decent length. And so providing them with water is really important.
0: Anything else on the topic of transportation or hauling shipping cattle that you think would be valuable for producers to know and understand based on the research you've done and and observations of what's occurred in the industry?
1: Yeah. So I I guess two things I'm thinking for different reasons. Um, One is the beef quality assurance uh, transportation training, a certification program. So Uh, The article Jesse wrote, he kind of, you know, talked about a paper that we put together after a transport symposium. And I think that was published in 2015. And that uh, BQAT program actually didn't exist at the time, which is pretty interesting. So, you know, we had this symposium and we talked about all the important things um, for transporting animals. And I think driver training is a really important component. And the Master Cattle Transporter Guide did exist. Um, but there wasn't really a universal formalized program for people to be certified, for drivers to be certified in that. And so now that exists, um, in 2020, I think the individual certified was something like 11,000. I don't, I don't know what it is now. Uh, I'm sure that number could, could be um, procured from NCBA. But I think a lot of packing plants are requiring that certification for drivers arriving at their facility. So that's one thing that I think really pushed people getting those certifications. But I think the hope is you know, it, it's required at that end point and then that will kind of trickle through the rest of the supply chain. So I think that resource is something that wasn't around um, not too long ago. And I think it's been picked up um, and is a really important component when we think about uh, making sure we're transporting animals in the best way we can.
0: Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the conversation today came from an article that was from the October issue of the Beef Watch newsletter, titled Preparing for Cattle Transport Saves Time, Money, and Stress.